0: Hey everybody, Diane Canada here and we are live. I'm hoping you're having a great day. Today we're going to be talking about a fun subject. In our politically charged environment right now, how do we not lose our self-control? How do we maintain our dignity when everything is getting us upset and just ready to fl- help us fly off the rails? So we're going to be talking about that today. Come on back and I'll be right back with you. Now's the time for faith. Holy name, even when my whole world falls apart, Father, your life shines brighter in the dark. Hey, everybody. All right. We are continuing our series, American Dreamers. And, you know, I think it's important for us to identify that as we're focusing on those dreamers this week, we've got to kind of talk about what the American dream actually is. Right. Uh, I think it's really important for us to identify that. You know, um, I looked it up and the Oxford Dictionary definition of the American dream is this. The idea by which equality of opportunity is available to any American, allowing the highest aspirations and goals to be achieved. That's the definition. Pretty cool. Um, There was another definition given back in 1931 by James Treslow Adams. And he said, life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to their ability and their achievement, regardless of social class or circumstances of birth. Like that's our whole thing, right? Martin Luther King had a famous letter. Um, It was a letter from jail, uh, from the Birmingham jail back in the day. And he wrote this. He says, we're going to win our freedom because the sacred heritage of our nation and the eternal will of God are embodied in our echoing demands. When those disinherited children of God sat down at the lunch counters, they were in reality standing up for what is best in the American dream. And for the most sacred values in our Judeo-Christian heritage, therefore bringing our nation back to those great wells of democracy, which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the formulation of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So we've established, I mean, Martin Luther King just said it. We just had some great um, some great proof of that uh, in, a, in a show that I did recently with my friend Stephen Skelton. He came on and talked about the American Bible Project that proved we were founded on Christian values. Um, He talked about the Aitken Bible, which was the first American Bible, the only one approved by Congress and then sent out to all Americans uh, to read in in a way of self-governing their lives. So, okay. So if we have just established then that the American dream is rooted in God's principles, then this is where I think a lot of us are kind of losing our temper, or losing our cool in people, because it feels like we're in like this upside down world. So like if the Bible is our kind of our gauge for what is right or wrong, and we have all of these things going on in our society that are, you know, that are, like I said, upside down where things that should be right or things that should be wrong are considered right or things that are evil are considered normal. Um, what innocent actions are, distorted and twisted to the point of, you know, resulting in violence and hatred. It's just like crazy, right? So so many Americans feel like we're in this alternate reality, because we know what our what our country was founded on. And we know what those Christian values are. And we just see like this departure from it. And everybody it seems like everybody's going, yep, yeah, this is normal. This is right. So I want to play a, um, a clip that I found that I think just kind of in a funny way depicts, you know, portrays my thoughts here on this and see what you think. See if this is kind of how we're feeling right now as Christians in our society. Here you go. Excuse me. Can I get a headset? Certainly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, miss? I'll be right there, sir. Where's your headset? She's busy right now, but it's coming. For crying out loud, you're missing important plot points. Ma'am? Could you give me a second, sir? Could I maybe get that headset, please? Do not raise your voice to me, sir. I wasn't raising my voice. Okay, just calm down. I am calm, I just want my headset. Sir, our country is going through a very difficult time right now, and if you're not going to cooperate... I don't know where a headset ties into patriotism. Is there a problem here, sir? Um, I don't think so. Can you come to the back of the plane with me so we can have a talk? A talk about what? There's not a problem. The steward is just... Flight attendant. The flight attendant keeps ignoring me when I ask... Calm down. I am calm. What is it with you people? You people. Oh, That's now, gonna... wait a minute. I don't mean you people. I mean you people. Sir, I will not tolerate any racist behavior on the plane. This is a very difficult time for our country. I, I know that. I'm not a racist. I just want to watch the movie. I'm only going to say this one more time, sir. Calm down. I'm calm! <laughs> All rise. What do you think? Not guilty. It's a no-brainer. Mr. Busnick, in case seven twenty-three, assault and battery against a flight attendant. I find you guilty. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is that like so what we're living right now? that was just so fitting, you know, for how so many of us feel right now. You know, I I speak a lot on offense. And when someone's trying to get a rise out of us, right, and they're trying to hurt us, or they're trying to hurt someone that we love, we're generally going to take that bait, right? We're generally going to lose control. The minute that we do that, though, they win. And we lose all credibility in that moment. You know, obviously that was an exaggeration of that point I'm trying to make, but a lot of people will say, well, I can't help it, right? I just can't help it. Well, the truth is that we can help it. And God wouldn't have given us His direction and His guidance if we were not capable of helping it, right? So I want to kind of go through some thoughts with you today that just kind of came to my mind. And, you know, I've, we can actually decide ahead of time to refuse to be offended, Like we could just get it in our heads. We could say like ahead of time, I am just, I refuse to be offended. It is so empowering to to take that stand on things. You know, compassion, empathy, love, and sometimes even pity help us to do that. The joy of the Lord is our strength and it baffles the minds of our adversaries. They just cannot wrap their heads around like, how can all of this be melting down around you and you maintain your balance? How can you keep your joy? How can you not take the bait? How can you not fall prey to that? And I love people who exude this quiet confidence, um, this humility, and this compassion. I've always gravitated toward those types of people who have, um, who are so calm in the middle of really upsetting situations. Um, I think it's such a sign of strength. And it's not about being checked out. Like it's not about ignoring people. It's not about being condescending or being superior. It's nothing like that. It's all about being rock solid in whose we are and genuinely wishing that everybody could be that rock solid. When someone is is absolutely freaking out in front of us, and even when we've done it in the past, like even when we've freaked out, generally it can be traced back to something hurtful or something um, unresolved or some kind of a, a, a character issue that God is still developing in us. You know, so Joy is a quiet, more of like an inner knowing that no matter what is going on, everything's going to be OK because we're because we, God's got us in the palm of his hand. Uh, you know, we can make statements and we can stand up against evil. We can stand up against lies. I'm not saying that we have this passive, like laid back kind of life, but what we can do is we can have again that quiet confidence and that joy and just be immovable, you know, and and not allow people to have that kind of power over us to knock us off our game or to offend us. You know, nobody can offend us without our permission. It's, it's just always usually sprinkled with a little bit of truth that sets us off. Right. So, but what's going on in our society right now in this kind of upside down world, that's what I want to more explore today. Now, It's no surprise to God what's going on. Everything that's happening in our society right now, it's biblical. Um, He knew these days were coming. And I'm just going to share a couple of scriptures with you that, you know, that kind of reiterate that. So in Isaiah five, he says, woe to those who call evil, good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Uh, Are we seeing a world full of that right now? In 2 Timothy, he says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion. Also in 2 Timothy, he says, But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. This is really chilling, you guys. For people will be lovers of self lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without (laughs) self-control, brutal, not loving, not loving the good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. So this is what God says in the Bible. This is the way he describes uh, human nature and especially as we come into our last days, which I really do believe that we're in. Uh, so how do we how do we fix it? Like how do we navigate this upside down world? and especially when we talk about the American dreamer, like how if we don't cultivate an environment, for dreamers to achieve their God-given potential, and it co- really comes back to these principles that I'm talking about. Then this American dream that we really strive for and that we really hope for and that every American should have the ability to reach for is is null and void. It's squashed. So this is how we do it, and I've I've been touching on it a little bit. But that joy, that inner knowing that no matter what, we're just passing through, and and you know if we if we have that eternal viewpoint and we and we understand human nature we understand that everybody here is walking through something hard everybody here is a sinner. everybody here is subject to human nature if we understand that then we can have compassion and we know that the only way we're going to be able to overcome and follow god's principles is through his power and we get to tap into that every day like we can actually say to god even in a moment lord please Please hold my tongue, bridle my tongue. God tells us to bridle the tongue. You know, please don't let me say something that's going to be hurtful, that that is going to do damage long term. You know, you can ask him in those moments when you start to feel that blood pressure wi- rising up, you can say, Lord, please, please calm my heart. Just under your breath in those moments. And the key is remembering to ask, <laughs> right? Because we're in that heated moment. We're in that heated emotion. And it's just so easy to just give in to the temptation to react. Right. But if we can learn how to respond instead of react, man, there's power in that. So much power in that. So I'm going to share with you some other scriptures that I think it's always important when we're talking about things like this. I don't want to just give you my opinion. I want to back it up with what God says. And so here's some other things to consider when we're navigating this politically charged world right now. Um, God says, In Galatians, he says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. I love that. We do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the whole law is fulfilled in keeping this one command to love your neighbor as yourself. Boy, it's hard to love people. (laughs) They're making us mad. He says, though, he warns us, if you bite and devour each other, Watch out for you will be destroyed by each other. We've got to be united. So the acts of human nature, what he refers to as our flesh, are obvious. They're sexual immorality, their impurity, debauchery, idolatry, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy. These are the things that a lot of us are so susceptible to right now in our society. And he goes on and on with some other things there. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I know a lot of us being Christians, we wondered, is he talking about here on earth or is he talking about in heaven? Jesus came once and for all to cover all of our sins. So I want to make that clear. I think what he's talking about here is is tapping into that kingdom in our earthly uh, in our earthly life. Um, He says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Let me back up to love for just a second. So love doesn't mean that you always feel love, right? It doesn't mean that you you always feel like, like, you know, close or warm and fuzzy with somebody. Love is an act. It's being angry, being upset, but yet still doing the right thing because they are a child. Like this is what helps me. A lot of times I'll, I'll just think to myself, you know, they are a child of God. God knitted them together in their mother's womb. And they've had a lot of experiences and they've had a lot of maybe traumas in their life. And they've had things that they they're still trying to work out just like I am. And so it, it just it's it's behaving in a way uh, out of honor for God and the fact that they are a child of God that doesn't hurt them. You know, it's showing kindness. It's showing all of this fruit of the spirit even though we don't feel like it. So I'll go through this again. So this fruit of the Spirit is love. It's peace. It's forbearance, meaning we put up with things. It's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control is the bookend there that we're talking about today. He says, against such things, there is no law. So we can't do this without Him right? I mean, this is how we're going to keep our cool is by being mindful of these things. It's deciding ahead of time before we go out in the world or before we encounter somebody, it's deciding that you're going to stay stable, you're going to be immovable, and you're going to tap into God's strength in order to do it. Because a stable person, a joy-filled person has incredible strength and testimony in the world, especially when the average person would completely freak out in a moment. You know, God also has some other scriptures I want to share here. He says, good sense good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. I see this a lot, uh, especially here lately, even within the Republican Party. Um, <laughs> there have been a lot of things that have been happening lately where, you know, and, and Republicans kind of have a, a reputation for eating their own. And I think that's true. I really do. I I think in in everyone's ability to out virtue each other or to protect, you know, we can agree. My husband says it's a lot. You know, we can agree on ninety nine percent of our value system. If there's one area that we disagree on, then they'll throw that person completely under the bus for that one issue. In contrast with Democrats, they could only agree on one issue and disagree on ninety nine. And they'll stick together because by God, they've got that one thing in common. You know, so I think a lot of this offense, a lot of this stuff that's going on within our, even within our own party, we've got to stop it. I mean, we've absolutely got to stop it. It, You know, we've got to cover and overlook an offense. Again, just refuse to be offended and not be looking at ways to throw each other under the bus, but instead be willing to cover each other, be willing to stand up and have each other's backs. I mean, what a concept, right? Um, God says bearing with one another. And if no one has a complaint or if someone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. I mean, how many of us would love to have our lives put up on a movie screen for everybody to see? All the little things that we do in private that nobody else sees. Uh, All of our lives, the temper tantrums we've thrown or maybe the things that we thought we got away with uh, that haven't bubbled up yet or things that we're just really ashamed of, things that that we wish we could go back, regret, maybe that we wish we could go back and change. We all have that stuff in our lives. And what I hate about human nature is rather than forgiving and understanding that we can find common ground there and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to I'm just going to forgive you. Because God has forgiven me for all this junk that you don't even know about. Rather than us having that attitude, instead, you know, we, we're like, oh, well, you did that. And, and, you know, we throw them under the bus and just we forget about all these other things that we did that were probably worse. <laughs> you know? So it's just it's got to stop. Absolutely got to stop. God says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Lead us not in Matthew says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Galatians, he says, let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. And another one here in Luke, he says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Oh, like that there's in the human You know, human nature will not allow us to do that. It goes against everything we're wired to do, but we can choose to tap into God and ask for his, his ability to do it, his wisdom and his, I I always say, you know, I I want him to change my want to, (laughs) you know, like instead of, um, you know, doing it out of some kind of a forced, you know, obligation, I want to want to do these things. And that's something that we can do. Uh, And then this last one I'll share with you is no in 1 Corinthians, he says, no temptation has overtaken you. That's not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape. You'll be able to endure it. So it's like he gives us all of these um, marching orders in life and then he gives us his strength, his wisdom and his ability to actually do it. It's like we have this life test, right? And he gives us the answer key, but we can't do it in our own strength. People co- talk about, we've got to unite America. How are we going to unite? How are we going to unite? Well, these are, this is the, how we're going to unite. These are the things. So when we're talking about, you know, a lot of these narratives that are out there right now, BLM, and you know, we've got all these big you know organizations pushing these narratives of oppression and white supremacy. We've got all this critical race theory going on and we got all this stuff going on. You know, That is all about punishment. It's all about punishment. It's not about forgiveness. And forgiveness is where we're going to start finding common ground. That's where we're going to start finding unity. And so pumping out these narratives, I'm not saying that there are not things in our culture that we need to be aware of and that we can improve on. Of course there are. In every culture there is. But it's not going to, people are going to want to do things when they have a spirit of forgiveness flowing between them. And they're really looking for common ground. They're really looking for that unity. And all these n- narratives and sympathetic messages that are going out are only dividing us further. Another thing that we can do to try to really try to um, a- another thing we can do to maintain our self control and not lose it when we get mad is we can ask people questions, especially when we start talking about our American environment. You know, this culture that we're, we're trying to maintain, where you know, capitalism and and free markets, all of that can thrive because that is what drives ingenuity. It's what drives innovation. It's what drives creativity and productivity, all those things. We've got people that are that are going against us with these ideals of Marxism and socialism. We're getting mad out there. Something we can do is start asking some simple questions. We could say to somebody, you know, you you seem to be pretty, you know, uh, strong minded and you seem to be very independent. How would you like to live in America where that is taken away from you, you know, and what way it wouldn't be taken away. You know, they're going to start stammering say, well, you understand that's what socialism is, right? It's everything going into one pot and things being divvied out by the government. You're going to be told where to work. You're going to be told what to wear. You're going to be told what you can eat and when you're going to be told where you can go and what time you need to be. I mean, you understand that that's where we're headed with the ideals. So how would you enjoy an America like that as independent as you are? You know, so you can just start asking questions that are going to plant seeds. And again, they're probably not going to um, respond favorably the first time, but they're going to go away. and They're going to think about that, you know, and again, you haven't lost your composure. You haven't lost your balance, but you're planting seeds for them. And we have to ask God to give us that strength, to give us the right words in those moments, um, to give us the right attitude. Um His he's faithful to do that when we ask. I I do it all the time, all the time. And I can tell you, he's faithful in it. There have been so many occasions where I didn't know how to handle a situation. And under my breath, just very quickly under my breath, I'd say, God, help me. Sometimes it's just daddy, help. Daddy, help. You know, but the key is remembering to ask. We forget that a lot, again, because we get caught up in the moment. But this is the way we're going to win hearts and minds, guys. This is how we're going to do it by allowing ourselves to tap into God, by refusing to be offended, by coming from a place of empathy and compassion, remembering all of this fruit of the spirit that I just talked about, you know, and especially self-control being the bookend there. Um, We don't have the luxury of a meltdown. We don't have that luxury. Our country's at stake. You know, and our children are watching us and as they're going about their lives and they're learning how to interact with people who are also on these same agendas, they're going to learn from you. And it's going to start at the grassroots level. I am 100 percent convinced of this. So if we want to continue to foster an America where dreamers can thrive, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to be effective by not losing our cool by staying strong. And the only way we're going to do that in those heated moments is to tap into God's grace and his ability. Yeah. My hubby's watching. Hey, darling. He says, ask and you shall receive. That's right. That's exactly right. So I'm going to just end today. I'm going to pray over you guys because uh, this is harder to do than I realize it is to say. <laughs> and we're going to need, you know, supernatural grace in order to continue to navigate these end times. And, uh, and, and not sin when we're so angry. Let's use it as fuel, guys. Not, let's not let it be our kryptonite. All right, so let me pray over you. Father God, I I lift up everyone under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, as hearts are raging, or hearts are fearful in our current political climate. Lord, I ask you to calm them right now. Just like you speak to the seas, Lord. I ask you to calm our hearts to calm all of those emotions, to bring them into order. And Lord, to know that you've given us everything we need to not only navigate the world, but to do it peacefully. You give us that peace that surpasses understanding. Only you can do that. And Lord, I ask you to just just blanket everyone today that's listening, blanket them in this peace. Father, give them the reminder in these heated moments to come to you and ask you for the words, to ask you for the attitude, to ask you for your grace and Lord, give us a spirit of mercy and help us to be true models for you, Lord, not condescending, not superior, but really humble and true ambassadors for you, God. And that would attract people. Let everyone who's listening be a magnet for you, God, people would want what they have and that Lord we would begin to turn our nation and you would heal our land. I love you so much, Lord. I thank you so much for your all of your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. I hope that's been helpful for you today. And uh, I hope that you'll go back out in the world now with a refreshed, renewed ability to handle the haters. (laughs) I'll see you back here tomorrow, three o'clock sharp. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.